You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Theater Geeks Anonymous. The podcast about Broadway flops, scandals, and new work. I'm your host, Ebony Vines. And I'm your host, Pamela Shandro. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the Theater Geeks Anonymous podcast on the Broadway Podcast Network and all your favorite podcast listening apps. Thank you. Here we go. (laughs) The recording thing, the sign that says recording and the big yellow red dot comes on, that means we're recording. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Welcome. What's up, theater geeks? What is up, what is up? Again, another episode there's not going to be a Broadway flop, but we are going to talk about a early canceled show. I'm just going to say smash behind you the whole episode. Will that get annoying at all? I don't think so. No, think no, so. not at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's we, so funny because I think the last episode that I posted on SoundCloud of, yeah. uh, must have been season one, episode two. I wrote smash as the- <laughs> As the description of the episode. That's hysterical. S-A-A-A-A-A-A-A, capital M-A-S-H, exclamation point. It was great. It made me laugh. And that's really all that's important. (laughs) 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 Oh, so here we are. Season one, episode four. Episode four. So the last episode we talked about, episode three, was called, uh, it wasn't called The Workshop. Right? I think this one was called The Workshop. I th- for some reason, I thought that one was called The Workshop, but it definitely wasn't. This one was. I don't know. I mean, I've just been putting episode three, episode four. They have, the, well, the episodes on the show have okay. names, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure that that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I don't pay attention. I don't think it matters. I mean, you know, it doesn't matter really. Let's hope not. I guess we'll find out sooner or later. I know some people will say, say something. Um, Say something I'm getting. In other words, I lost them. Stuck on you. Say something I'm giving up on you. Giving up. Yeah, that's right. That's right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just changed the entire meaning of that song. (laughs) Okay. So this episode, um, Huh. It started. We open Are we up right? The first rehearsal. Yeah, we're right in the room. It's very exciting. It's very exciting. 
because we have a new cast member. Yes, Leslie Odom Jr. I'm doing a dance no one can see. No, it looks really good. <laughs> Flailing her arms as if she doesn't care. Very exciting. <laughs> Very good. I liked it. I liked it. Yeah, and I love him. He's he does a lot of cameos in some of the TV shows that I watch, and so like I'll I'll get little glimpses of him. Like Gotham. So often, yeah, I saw him in Gotham. There's a, an episode of Supernatural that he plays the de- one of the demons, and he's just, it's just he's such a sweet, like he's great. His smile. Like he can be playing the villain, but he all he has to do is smile, and you <laughs> you are convinced that he's the good guy. You just yeah. love him. he's just a good man and he's incredibly attractive he's he is on the rest of the show so he yeah he's on for the next season and a half awesome so we meet he is another he's another of the ensemble yeah and ivy have a relationship because they both did chicago together um back a few years ago so when we you know we kind of open up on this rehearsal everyone's saying hello except karen because karen doesn't fit into this group of people which leads me to my very first note uh oh. That is, the other ensemblists are awful. Yuck. Yeah. They're such jerks. Dot, dot, dot. Insecure. <laughs> exclamation point. <laughs> it's true. It's, so true. it's true. And I also yeah. wrote this whole episode is kind of a guide on how to manipulate others to isolate and freeze out one yeah. person. It's awful. It is. And it is. Been, Sam. That's his name. Yeah, Sam. Having been one of the people that have been isolated in this way having gone through that experience it's it's the worst because mm-hmm. all you want to do is be a part of this group of people like you were all cast together there there shouldn't be any issue why you shouldn't get along especially since you've never met before right. but you walk into this group of people that is predisposed not to like you simply because you were up against ivy for the same role but let's also remember in the last episode, they said theater is high school. It is. Yeah. Oh, right. I hated it's, high school too. <laughs> it's too I crazy. actually, I actually loved high school <laughs> and I, I did. And listen, it's not like I was a cool kid. I didn't know who the cool kids were. Like I was just so me. Yeah. Right. I was like a hundred percent Ebony Vines. Yeah. And so I was like oblivious to like who, if there were plastics, if yeah. there were like jocks, I knew yeah. there were cheerleaders because like football, but like I just didn't care. How many and people I was, were in your graduating class? What? How many people were in your graduating class? Oh my God, like 400? Okay. That is the difference because there were 56 in mine. Oh, geez. So we, and we all went, probably I'd say at least a third of that class went together from kindergarten all the way through. Oh, wow. So all of the past hurt went along with you yeah you can't divorce yourself from that and you can't just hide somewhere in this group over here because all of the groups are together so it doesn't matter like that that made the huge difference and also I'm just not academic I hated being there I knew what I wanted to do and I knew what I wanted to be and I knew even how to get there if I could just get out of school I know that was why I didn't like it but like I had I had a lot of friends who who I mean, who didn't like high school either, who I, you know, was friends with in high school. They, they were not having a good time. And when we graduated, we're very happy about it. Um, and like, I, I mean, I just, 
I, I lived and died for the theater. Like I would be there until nine o'clock at night and I was there, you know, in the morning for school. I was just like, that's it. Like that was my whole world, you know? And I think too, I had enough stuff happening. You know, I, I, my, my, my childhood had lots of drama. Yeah. And so I think that like, I was just too preoccupied with what was happening there. Um, and then devoting my entire being to the theater department that I was just like, I just didn't have, because also the class was like 400, but a lot of people knew who was cool and who wasn't. I just didn't, I couldn't, yeah. I just didn't know. And like, it just didn't matter. Yeah. But I know for so many people it, it did. And I will say like within the theater community, there was also like the favorites. Sure. Right. So that I was totally aware of, right. <laughs> I was aware of who in theater were the favorites and we're always going to get a part, even if like some of those people were quite talented and nice, mm -hmm. but others were them were dicks. Yeah. You know, so matter in my school either, cause you had maybe 30 people come and audition for the musical. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. We had very different experiences in high school. Yeah. <laughs> but Our, no, I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. You didn't put the emphasis on it. It didn't matter who was surrounding you because you knew who you were and what you wanted so strongly. I think right, right. I, to, I was incredibly insecure and my self-esteem was held together by a wing and a prayer. But I also knew enough who I was and what I wanted to be. Yeah. But I think mine was always contingent on getting to the next level. Well, it, right. as, if I could just get here, then fill in the blank. It was, right. that was the kind of uh, atmosphere I was in. So I think my, I didn't care a lick about the people that were, that were in school with me, except for like a very small group of people that were my friends. Yeah. Because it's like, as, as soon as I graduate, I'm gone. I'm going yeah. to New York. I will bye, not bye. Again. Like it was that yeah. kind of a feeling. Like you didn't support me back then. So I don't expect you to support me now. And I, I'm not, I don't care to keep you in my life. That no. was the kind of, you know, that was what I felt. I have no, I have no connection with anybody from high school. Um, I have, I have connection with people from college. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, lovely people. <laughs> but um and, and not that everybody in high school was not lovely. Like there are some people I really liked. I just, just didn't, it was just, it was just, when it was over, it was just over. And I, I haven't lived back home for a fulfilling years. Yeah, no, it's very true. I haven't either. So, but I, I have one story that I maybe is worse because um, I went to Christian school. I went to a private school from the age of four up until I was 11. I have racist stories. Oh. We won't get into those. But the crazy thing is there was just one girl. And so um, sixth grade, I went to from fourth to sixth grade, I went to one private school. And then um, seventh grade was a completely different private school. Okay. And funny enough, a bunch of those girls ended up going to the public school with me the next year. So I had like a friend group sort of move yeah. nice. with me. But the weird thing was because there was that mass exodus, 
the senior class ended up being one person. <laughs> wow. So this one girl, very nice. Her name was uh, Marissa. Super nice. In fact, her mother used to sometimes drive me to school. She was by herself in her senior class. She Why? graduated by herself. Why did so many people leave? I honestly don't, don't know. Like my situation was such that like, um, I think like my parents just decided they transitioned all three of us to, to public school, be, I think cost and stuff. Sure. Um, honestly, I'm grateful cause I wouldn't have had the theater experience that I, that I had. So like, I've never been upset about that. I've always been super happy that it happened, but I don't know why the other kids did. I'm not quite sure. And I mean, it was just, so that's the craziest one person. No kidding. Well, I mean, <laughs> at that point you'd think if it's just one person in a class, then they would like move her into another group of people to, right. that. that's okay. Wild. I don't, I don't know if they like, maybe she was with the Jude. I don't know how they worked it out, but I mean, she must've been in a classroom with other students that right. I, can't, I can't imagine her just going from one classroom to the next. Right. Her. <laughs> that would have been like, Oh, well, been... we had the teachers rotated Okay. at that school where she graduated from. So we all sat in the same room all day and the teachers okay. rotated. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Gotcha. But anyway, we, we've died, we've gone down the rabbit hole of high school. <laughs> Going back to the high school that is the theater world. Yeah. Because it truly is. I mean, these, these, oh, they were just so mean. They, they were. They her out. They wouldn't talk to her. They made her feel like she was an idiot. Yeah. For asking questions that you wouldn't know the answer to unless you've right. done a professional show. Okay. The front of the stage has numbers listed on it. It basically starts at zero, and then from that zero point, it goes one, two, three, four to the right, and then one, two, three, four to the left, and mm -hmm. it, you know, it spans the entire stage front, okay? So that you can, it, usually there's numbers in the back as well, mm -hmm. so that you know where your blocking is. Yeah. Okay? It's a very simple thing to look down and see if I'm supposed to be on seven center stage. Great. I'm on seven center. That's where I am right now because I can see that the number is in front of me. If you've never done a show where they've had the numbers on the front of the stage, then you wouldn't understand that that was the mm -hmm. case. And so in this rehearsal, Karen sees the numbers at the front and she's like, those numbers are going to be on the stage in the theater, right? Mm -hmm. And they look at her and they scoff and they go, oh my gosh, I cannot believe you asked that. Yeah, so you're going to be there. And it was literally like, I wanted to ask any of them. Do you remember the first right. show you ever did? Mm -hmm. Do you remember being that new girl in a new show for the very first time and feeling super excited, but also incredibly nervous, like you're going to poop your pants because it is such an amazing experience, but you are so out of your depth. Yeah. That is what Karen is feeling right now. So surely just the tiniest amount of empathy, just the tiniest amount of empathy. You know. I know. Would open up your mind and open up your heart to this poor girl that has, has first of all, been given kind of bad news if you consider that she wasn't, you know, given, given the role that she was up for. Right. But now that she's actually coming into the ensemble and that takes guts, especially yeah. because all of these people know. Oh, so frustrated. It was yeah. so, like this whole episode though was about kind of the underdog mentality. Mm -hmm, However, mm -hmm. 
this is what I love about Karen. Yeah. And the way that she is written. And I'm going to say this in every episode, I'm sure. <laughs> she comes back later in the episode. She's been kicked out of, an, of like the third number now. Right. Because Ivy's in her feelings. Big, exactly. Ivy doesn't feel comfortable, whatever. She's too loud. She can't, I, get, I can't hear myself when I've got Karen. So she's like either moved to the back of the group or then like removed from the number altogether. And at one point, like they're rehearsing the song uh, and Tom goes, um, hey, you know what, uh, Karen, why don't you sit this one out for now? And she goes, I can tone it down. And he goes, no, 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 it's okay. I do just want to hear it without your voice for now. And so she mm-hmm. gets up and she leaves and you can just tell she's on the verge of tears. And this one, and I don't even remember the ensemble name, the names. <laughs> one of the the blonde one. A blonde ensemble member comes up and she like passes by and she's going to say something snarky. You can just tell. And Karen stood up and was like, you guys are horrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> she says it to them. She says it to her face. Yeah. She stood up for herself and she was like, you don't understand. You, you must understand where I'm coming from right now. You were new once too. And yeah. how dare you? And like, now you've made me feel this way. And then this is, this is killer. She goes, I could have slept with the director. Yeah. Asked me. I said, no, that's right. I could have done that. Yeah. And then leaves. And like, then now then the blonde is like, I'm really sorry. Ah. And so like, she's, <laughs> maybe we should get the guys together. We'll do an intervention. And Karen's like, would you? And it was like this, you know, montage of now trying on new outfits and things like that. Like, I, I don't know how much I would be able to trust these people that did me that way to like now inform my decisions on how I'm supposed to act moving forward. But yeah, yeah. they do seem to be on the up and up. So I'm, I'm hoping that that's the case. If I remember correctly... I can't remember if it's all of them or a couple of them like end up really, you know, going into the next things with her. Like like I said, like good things start to happen for her. And I think some of them sort of end up going with her into the, what I love about Leslie Odom's character is that he, from the very beginning, he doesn't have the backstory. He doesn't care. He doesn't know. And he hears her sing and he's like, you sound amazing. Yeah. He's just a nice person. Because then he goes to (laughs) Ivy and he's like, why are you treating her like that? That's right. This is what I love. He's Mm -hmm. such a good man. And he, and like Tom, okay, I'm just like seeing the kind of through story here, the through line. And like, the fact that Karen's character, who is supposed to be this hick that doesn't have any idea what she's doing, is becoming like this incredibly strong and empowered, very, you know, very t- together woman, right? Yeah. Then you've yeah. also got these allies in both yeah. Tom and Sam who yeah. are like, hey, you know, that's actually not a really nice way to behave. So right. maybe we should stop it. And Julia, because Julia's why she's in the ensemble. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And Julia has been in her corner from the very beginning. And that's, yeah, she has. you can definitely see that too, but it's so, it is really interesting because there's, whoever is writing this show is taking me on a, a roller coaster ride. <laughs> you've got this cache of people like Ellis and his girlfriend mm-hmm. and Derek, who you, Jerry, who you hate Jerry, with yeah. a passion. You cannot stand these people. Yeah. There's no redeeming factor at all in like, right? And then you've got on the other side of it, you've got all of these amazing people like Brian Darcy James's character so yeah. far. You've got Michael, who I really love. Sam, yeah. you love Sam. Tom yeah. is an ally. Julia is an ally. Like you, you. Even Julia's him. son is a nice kid. Yeah, it's a Leo. I love him. <laughs> yeah. 
it's amazing to me, like that the same person is writing all of these people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We can thank Teresa Rebeck for this. Awesome. Thank you, Teresa. <laughs> Whatever you prefer. <laughs> but yeah, no, those, I mean, those were, that's, I mean, from the very start of the episode, I was like, oh no, is it going to be like this the whole time? <laughs> No. Well, I, right after that, though, then you had Jerry and Eileen, another scene with not Jerry, but with Eileen learning that he's basically taken away her chance to get an investor because the investor's like, well, if Jerry's not a part of it, then neither am I, right? And he walks out. Why do I think, why, I thought that happened in three, like so after. The premise of it did when Jerry showed up to the restaurant and was like, yeah, I talked to him. He really likes you. He'll, he'll definitely right. you know, go with you as long as I'm in the picture. And Eileen was like, no, that's dumb. And so then right. I met with him. Right. Why did I think that happened in three? Well, they all they met together. Up. Yeah. I mean, I did watch them not far apart. So then now she's like, well, I've got to sell this priceless Degas painting that I was given by my husband, but she doesn't have a bill of sale with her name on it. So then right. the people have to ask her husband if it's okay that she sells a piece of art. It's, that it's awful. Like, it's she, awful. She's, she's like, he doesn't like it. He, he... <laughs> I knew it was going to happen. I didn't fall. It was only the mic. No podcasters were injured in the making of this episode. Sometimes things happen and we get <laughs> and microphones fall. I knocked it off. <laughs> yeah, though. Right. So, um, right. She's like, he didn't even like this print. He doesn't like it. He doesn't care about it. Like I'm the one who cared about it. Yes, it's but, not his. It's yeah. But his, his name's on the bill of sale. So then she has to think. And I, I didn't think. I, again, saw this whole show, both seasons, and I do not, I forgot that she was going to sell the painting to uh, our special (laughs) guest. (laughs) I think, and listeners, please, like, back me up or find the information to not back me up, but if you remember in this episode... Eileen has the poster of Daniel Radcliffe and how to succeed in business without really trying. And I think when this episode aired, Nick had taken over the role. Oh, okay. I think that's what had happened. Cause I remember for some reason being like, Oh, they probably shot this. Cause like he was doing it. And so I think that's what happened. I got to see Daniel Radcliffe. Did you? (laughs) He's amazing. That's what I've heard. Yeah, he that's what I've heard. Fully committed. Fully yeah. Committed, especially in the dance numbers. I mean, he would finish and his, his cheeks would be so pink from exertion. He was really good. It was a very enjoyable show. That's what <laughs> I've heard that. Yeah. 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 But so yeah, so I think. Is, he makes an appearance in this. He's a cameo. I'm, I'm a Jonas, yeah. come back. Can't remember. Um, He plays, he's a character that was a childhood star um, that Derek claims to have discovered. His name is Right, but everybody knows it was actually Tom. Right, it was actually Tom. Well, Ivy, or not Ivy, um, Eileen also has a connection because she produced Oliver that he was in when she produced it. So they've all got this relationship with Lyle. They're going to throw this big party for Lyle at Derek's apartment. Well, Derek was throwing it. Yes, Derek was throwing the party. And so all of these people are invited. (laughs) This was fun. This was actually a moment. 
Yeah. At one point, Eileen has that Degas sketch with her to the party because she's just coming from work. She's going to go put it in a safe spot um, and sees that Lyle and hears that Lyle is has his show has gone into syndication and now he's a multimillionaire. It was, but it was Julia who told her. So remember they're in the office. Oh, they're still Remember the- they were in the office? Huh? I didn't realize they were still in the office when they had that combo. Yeah. So they were in the office. Cause remember Eileen sitting on the couch okay. and then like Julia's talking about him and she just sort of says it like, like oh, he's got like $85 million. Yeah. He has $80 million. And then Eileen's like, Okay, as you can see, the wheel spinning. And this is after she finds out, like, she can't sell the Degas. Right. Right, so. So She goes to this party. She goes and says hello and whatever and talks about syndication and says, so you're a millionaire now, huh? Yeah, what are you going to do with all that money? Right, what are you going to do with all that money? And so he says, oh, well, my my guy has put me into all of these different kind of investments. And she goes, you know, art is one of those investments that you should definitely get in on. And Mm -hmm. then she goes to show him the the painting well, or the sketch. He likes it and is willing to offer her something, but then kind of says, but how do I know this show is going to go anywhere? So then she's like scavenging up all of the people that she can get to get to the party so that they can put on a number. Right. Put on the, uh, oh, which number? Shoot. It just flew right Uh, out. The Fox, the Fox one. Um, uh, I never knew a wolf that didn't love to howl. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. We do this number. It's yeah. amazing. And like, it's just so fun and effervescent. And it, it made me smile the entire time. It they was were fun. It's so fun. And so he decides he's going to go ahead and invest. And it's a great experience for everybody. Derek, of course, seizing all over another woman. Uh, but, okay, going back to Lyle and Eileen talking about the Degas, mm-hmm. like, what I also loved about that conversation was that he was also trying to figure out a way that she could keep it. Yes. So he was like, if I'll give you this money and I'll take the Degas, but if you, if you recoup the money that I invested, then you can have the painting back. And I was like, what a nugget. What a wee little nugget of a human. That you cared enough about her and you could see that it meant a lot to her. And so that you're basically like, I'm just going to hold it and keep it safe, but I'll give it back to you soon. Because I know like both of these things are really important to you. So I'm going to support you and just hold it because I know it'll make you feel better to feel like we traded something. You know what I mean? Yeah, that was an amazing scene. I love And I actually was really kind of impressed with Nick Jonas in this role. Yeah. I don't know why. I always feel like when you've got someone that comes from a different area of the world, of right. the business world, that somehow they're going to be like weaker in one area than the area. Because they're not all good actors. They're Sometimes good. they're terrible. And you're like, ugh, why? <laughs> True. But he did really well. I was really <laughs> pleased with him. Um, but yeah, that was a nice moment. And then there was another just really, just a special moment later on ivy so ivy sees derek kind of hand on the hip of another woman at the party and so she goes but like you want to show me those bedrooms now and so like they go off to a bedroom that i eileen is in and she's kind of crying and they go oh i'm so sorry and she just is so special she goes there's nothing to be sorry for i'm just saying goodbye (laughs) you know it was just like oh i love her Cause she said, I'm just, I'm remembering, she said, um, I'm just remembering old 
like old joy and old happiness. And she looked at Ivy and said, and now you're my joy now. And I was like, oh God, this is so sweet. <laughs> it was a really, it was really special. That's and you could tell it sort of like, like it touched Ivy in a way where I think it gave her a, like a little bit of confidence to do yeah. the thing that she does next, although it still doesn't end well. Um, I don't know that she would have done it if Eileen hadn't at least said that to her. Possibly. Yeah. Well, if you look at the, the dichotomy, not dichotomy, the, you, you peel apart the layers of, of a person's behavior. Yeah. And so you've got a woman like Ivy, a character like Ivy, because there are women like that, but let's just say that she's the character that has been written here. Right. Who has been fighting for her position within this career for the yeah. last 10 years and has been fighting to prove that she is worthy. Mm -hmm. And so now all of a sudden they're like, okay, great. You're worthy. But she's like, oh, but wait a minute. I still, do I still have to fight? Am I, yeah. am I still worthy? Am I worthy? Mm -hmm. And so you get this, like this other woman, another woman. And that's the important bit too. Yeah. It's a man saying this to her. It's woman in power. The woman in power that says, you're my future now. Mm -hmm. You're my joy now. Mm -hmm. And it's so impactful, I think, when you hear yeah. it from another woman. To, because there's no, there's no ulterior motive. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's, it, is, it is really special. I really liked that. This was a good episode. I really yeah. liked it. <laughs> was good. <laughs> was good. I it. Yeah. I feel like there's so much more that I wanted to talk about, but it's almost... <laughs> Well, okay. So the wolf one. Yeah. Uh, oh, um, and then Tom goes on a date. I can't remember the guy he went with, but he went on a date with this guy who was a lawyer that his mother, their mothers set them up. He's adorable. And he's yeah, he really is normal. And I love him. Do we yeah. He's very sweet. Who's that actor? We'd have to look that up. Cause I didn't, I definitely didn't look that up, but he did look familiar. I agree with you. Mm -hmm. like, almost mm -hmm. like a Zachary Levi, but I know he's not Zachary Levi, yeah, but like yeah. that kind of, he's got that kind of presence. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, no, he was a, a nugget and he was just really overcome by, so, um, like Pamela said, like they all had to, it was, it was sort of like Avengers unite. It was sort of like, you know, this, right. Because she was like, call Tom, call Michael, call this person. We, everybody needs to come. So it was, it was like, Avengers assemble. And so they assembled in the, in the, uh, like, uh, um, warehouse apartment that Derek owns. Yeah. Yeah. But I was going to say in the like foyer area okay. and are like, why are we all here? And so then they do, um, the wolf number, which was like really fun and everybody fun. loved it. So, it's like so much fun. Like it's super upbeat and it's super fun. And like, yeah. she's dancing in now in these heels and you've got like some waiters that come into the play and like yeah. they're dancing along with them. It's just, cause, cause usually they are actors, right? Like my oh, friends do catering. Yeah. And she does. The one girl comes up to her and says like, I'm an actor. I'm a, I'm like, of course you are. Well, she goes, not now, honey. Yes. <laughs> not now honey yeah. you have to read the room read the room yeah <laughs> this is not the time not, no. not this moment but that was good it was such a good number it was great and so then um but like after they do it and then tom's date just like he's just like overwhelmed by the shine 
Yeah. <laughs> He's like, that was, that was amazing. That was amazing. He just, it's so precious. He's so straight laced, but he has like little stars in his eyes. He's very yeah. um, intrigued by these people. And then of course, like Michael's talking to Julia and there's that awkwardness happening again. And she goes home. Thank God. Um, I feel like I'm going to be on Tinder hooks between the two of them. I know. I know. Yeah, you will. <laughs> it's like, oh, when is the shoe going to drop? I know. I know. Your chance with Brian Darcy James. I love him. I know. But at the same time, I really love Will Chase too. <laughs> he's got a, a, like a young baby, like just. So tiny. You know, stick with your wife. Stick with your husband. I, I know. Or, or leave your wife and husband to come together. But we'll don't. Get it. A divorce. This is my thing. Get a divorce and be single for like a year and figure your crap out. That works too. But like because you're just bringing trash and garbage into this new relationship. You haven't healed and you're just like jumping ship. It doesn't work. Don't do that. And I've said this before, I'm sure. But if you are going to cheat with me, you will, you are going to cheat on me. That yeah. is... I, if, if ever yeah. there was a case, and I can't imagine this would ever happen, where mm. I was in a relationship with a married man, yeah, and yeah. he left his wife for me, I would never be able to trust him ever. No. So what's the point of even being in a relationship with him? Does it make so sense? Now, you're having an emotional relationship. Okay. Okay. That's valid. At least you haven't, you know, crossed the physical threshold. But, but that just well, always leads to well, the... Hey, listen, I know, but that's what it means. Like, if you're in this emotional relationship, yeah. that gives you the space that you need now to make a decision. Yeah. Whether it is to completely divorce yourself from the person that you are interested in emotionally, mm -hmm. or whether it is to physically divorce yourself from the person that you are with currently. Yeah. Those are the decisions that you've got. I think the the worst decision that you can make is to actually enter a relationship with that other person while you are in a relationship with someone else. So bad. It's so bad. Difficult on, for everybody. Everybody yeah. is affected in that. Not just you. Just ruining lives. It's just like if you're gonna cheat, if you're gonna be bored, like don't marry me. Right. I'm good. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> Like, just don't come here. Don't come here. Um, yeah, so that, I, I'm glad in this episode nothing happened. Yes, me too. But, so, so good. Oh, I was just going to go into something else. So, but what? Well, I was going to go and skip to Derek and Ivy then at the end of the party. Where oh, I, I want to go in before that to the ensemble stuff because that was mad fun. Yes, it was. All the ensemble stuff was super fun. Yeah. I was really living for it and remembering you had some really watching good, it the first time. Esque montages happening in this in this whole series of events. <laughs> oh my gosh! So like the whole rumor has it. Uh, so like first, okay. So like Pamela said, they go on this like makeover shopping spree to uh, a dance store that everyone in the city knows because you do go there to get your stuff. And so then they went there, they're piling like, is probably a few thousand dollars worth yeah. of merchandise onto her. I, which dad gave us in the last episode, it's gone. Yeah, all the money's it's gone. Expensive. It's gone. Yeah. And so um, she buys all that. <laughs> they go back to her place and just like throw out. I mean, that pink 
dress thingy? I thought it was really bad. I, he said, he was like, it was bad. It was terrible. Huh? I'd have to see it on her. No, Pamela, come on. It was terrible. It was terrible. Bad on her, but there's a lot of stuff that may be bad on Not that. That had no help. There was no help for that dress. He threw it out, and I was like, thank you, because burn it. It's bad. It looked like (laughs) it reminded me of when I was a kid. And my stepfather had this like plastic Santa Claus um, costume and it scared my sister so bad. She was like three and she burst into tears and I had to hold her until he like changed. (laughs) This was like a hot pink dress version of that terrible costume. Oh, I don't think, I don't think it was plastic. I think it was like a lightweight cotton. I'm sure it wasn't. Well, it was polyester. I would argue it was polyester. Okay, maybe polyester. That's fine. Maybe it was vintage. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> she is going to bat for this. <laughs> I like the color. Like, I don't want them to take the color out of her wardrobe. I don't want them to turn her into, like, a black-wearing New Yorker. Listen, I have a fuchsia shirt. I love color, but that dress. One fuchsia shirt does not allow for you to say you like color. I do like color, though. Look, I'm wearing pink today with, like, my Peanuts gang. Listen, I'm not telling you you don't like Karen. <laughs> I don't want them to turn Karen into a Black-loving New Yorker. I, to- I agree. I totally agree. But that, oh, that dress. It might not have been great, but I still wanted to be <laughs> on her. Just- <laughs> Although, you know, it was funny. Hmm. It reminded me of, like, a waitress costume, like oh, Alice. Remember that show? Yeah. But then, you know, of course, like, Catherine did waitress. She was, like, the lead in waitress for a little yeah. while. So I was like, even though that was not a throwback because obviously like waitress happened way after (laughs) it was a fun, like it was a little moment where I was like, Oh, that reminded me of the thing she did. (laughs) Um, so yeah, they were like cleaning out her wardrobe and Dev, her boyfriend is like, what is happening? Um, and they're having a blast and then they're in the living room chit chatting and they decide like they're going to teach her how to not upstage the lead. Cause that's really what she's doing. And there is a skill to being in the ensemble. Yeah. If you stick out, then you stick out in a bad way because you're yeah. in the ensemble. You're meant to support what the focus is. And if that's you're right. not the focus, you should not be sticking out. So mm-hmm. that's what they're essentially trying to do. Cause what she, her, her mentality is I, sing to the rafters. I dance, you know, like my legs won't stop. You know, that's what you do as a performer. You go balls to the wall, but Mm -hmm. when you're in a show, you have to subdue it. You just have to, because you don't want to steal focus from the focal point, which is going to be Marilyn in every scene that you're in. That's right. That's That's right. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So go ahead. So, so then um, she, <laughs> she tries to argue that she's been trying. And they're like, oh, no, you have not been. You have not been trying at all. And she's like, yes, I have. And they're like, no, honey, you have not. And so they move the coffee table 
and they turn on rumor has it and they do this like choreographed sequence with the three of them to show her what it means to be an ensemble member and to not pull focus. They're like, pay attention to what we're doing. See how none of us upstages the other and see how we're like in time with each other, not stepping on each other. Like just pay attention to how we do it. And she does to her credit and Dev's credit who he doesn't have to do this. They both (laughs) sit there and they watch and they study. Yeah. Um, and then later, so this montage, is this cut in with what happens with this? Is this cut in? This feels like it's it's cut in with, it's all cut in together. Like everything is, but let's go ahead and finish this storyline first. Okay. So then they go to, um, uh, is karaoke, I guess it's a karaoke bar. Yeah. It's a weird setup. I didn't really understand where they ended up, but they were in a place where they can play live music and also perform. Yeah. And it seemed like it would have been a karaoke bar because there was a DJ like doing the music for them. Right. It's sort of like a, like a DJ smaller version of like, don't tell mama kind of a thing. I was thinking like a don't tell mama. So, um, they do rumor has it and they, they dance, mostly dance. And then Karen sings a little bit of the song. And I think it's intercut with like going back to the party. Isn't it with Derek and Ivy? Am I right? Yes, you are. So then, okay. So then cut back to the party. Ivy is waiting until the very end. She is pissed. She is livid with Derek because of the way he, and, and it was, she looked across the room. She sees him hand on the hip, not the waist, the hip of another very beautiful woman mm-hmm. and just kind of talking very closely with this woman and whatever. So she sees it, thinks it's disgusting. She tries to go off with Lyle, decides that that's not going to happen. So she's just mm-hmm. waiting angrily at the bar waiting. So she gets up and is about to leave and Derek stops her and says, oh, you're not going to leave and you're not going to say goodbye before you leave or whatever, whatever he says. And she calls him out and she said, um, I saw you. And he goes, what are you talking about? And she goes, I saw you. Everyone saw you hand on the hip, whatever you were doing. Hand on butt. Right. But, uh, and he's like, I was flirting. And he, he, he launches into this very well rehearsed about how sometimes in this business, you have to raise money. And in order to raise money, you have to be nice to investors. You have to flirt a little bit. Now, I talked in the last episode about when you are upset within a relationship, that that is okay, that nobody gets to undermine the fact that you're upset, Mm -hmm. that nobody gets to tell you that you're being ridiculous for being upset because Mm -hmm. you are upset, and that is valid. It is valid to be upset. Yep. In this case, she is valid and upset and calling him out on his crap. And he comes back with this, this incredibly glaringly obvious excuse. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. And instead of saying, well, you know what? You and I are in a relationship right now. And I don't feel comfortable with you flirting with other women like that, even if it is for a purpose of getting money for the show. So please respect my, my emotions and respect my opinion and don't do that while we're together. Mm-hmm. But instead of doing that, she goes, oh, okay, I get it. And then they go upstairs and sleep together. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she says, uh, he's talking about the bedrooms and I was like, he needs to be need in the groin. Yeah. That's what he needs. He needs to be need in the groin. Not what she did. Instead, she says, 
why don't you show me one of those bed or maybe you should show me one of those bedrooms and i was like ivy self-respect sweetheart come on just like look at the picture and go is he being honest with me (sighs) because i don't think he is even even if even if in that situation i felt like he was truly being honest Mm -hmm. i would have to say to him you know what i don't like that yeah I think that's manipulative behavior to that other woman. Yeah, yeah. I think it's disrespectful. And I think that if you are truly asking her for money, then you need to meet her on a professional level Mm -hmm. and not base yourself by putting your hand on her butt and flirting. But if you, like, it's just, it, it, it maddens me. Yeah. That you're right. It comes to self-respect and Derek's yeah. self-respect too. He yeah. has none for himself either or for any of the other women in his life. Nope. Or men, really, if you consider how he treats Tom and anybody that is quote unquote beneath him. I think the only person he treats with any like microcosm of respect is Eileen. Is Eileen. But even with her, he's not fully honest. No. But like if he told that what he was doing... Oh my God. Let me ask you a question. And this because I know what I think. Yeah. If Eileen said to Derek, you need to stop sleeping with Ivy, what do you think Derek's reaction would be to that? If he truly respects her, I would imagine it would be something like, you know what? You're absolutely right. I'm sorry. I see where you're coming from and you're right. It's inappropriate. Right. But I don't think that that's the case. Let me let me ask you now, because <laughs> I just answered your question. What do you think? I think he's the type of person who would then leave and go work for Jerry on My Fair Lady. Fair. Fair. I mean, at the very least, he would treat her like he treats Ivy and say, well, you know what? I'm, just, I'm getting her into character. The yeah. way that you're behaving right the way you're reacting to this is ridiculous. But like Eileen strong enough where I think here's the like the little kicker with Eileen is like because she's been in a marriage where she's been cheated on for so long, like her, you know, um, radar for BS on that front is like a lot higher than, you know, it would be for a woman who hadn't been through what she's been through. And so I feel that like she would tolerate a -hmm. lot less, but to be honest, I can't remember how it plays out with her. Oh, okay. If I'm told, like, I can't remember, I'm like racking my brain trying to figure out if she ever finds out. With me. I I know. Don't you're right, you're right. Ahead. Stay with me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. But I was going to say, because like, you know, you say that he's got a modicum of respect for her, but I honestly, yeah. I think he just hides his intentions from her because he yeah. knows that he's, that she's on the same level as he is. Yeah. yeah. That she wouldn't put up with it. No, she wouldn't. I think she would. I mean, really, she's her, his boss. Well, and you see how he changed his tactics with Karen when Karen showed him the, the yeah. tiniest amount of fight and sass mm-hmm. when he invited her to his apartment, he was fully expecting her in episode one. To oh, of course. Fully of course he was. And then she didn't. So he upped the ante and started treating her like absolute crap. 
But she's also a subordinate, right? So, I mean, he's not, he can't do that to Eileen. She, no, like, he, do, he doesn't get paid, so right? Not, like, he's no job. Right, right. <laughs> what I mean is, like, you see, that it's not actually respect that he feels for her. Probably just fear. Self-preservation. Yeah. Because I don't yeah. even think fear plays into it. He's, he's, I don't think he would put himself in a position where he felt like he was beneath anybody else. Right, right. I think if that were the case, if Eileen truly stepped up and said, I'm the one in charge, you're right. He would just go to Jerry. Right, he'd just go, go to Jerry. To any of the boys clubs. Yeah. And be very, you know, open and accepted with, with yeah. open arms. Oh, welcomed. He would be thrown <sighs> a party. So gross. Oh, you got out of Eileen's grasp. Good for you. We thought you were pee-whipped. Gross. I mean, disgusting behavior, but that's like the idea behind it. Ugh. (laughs) Misogyny. So upsetting. Uh, Misogyny. The patriarchy. Knock it down. (laughs) Don't like it. I, I will not be satisfied with merely smashing the glass ceiling. No. I want to demolish the state of events. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, so then, okay, so the wolf song, we had Rumor Has It. I think that was it as far that as... That was it? Yeah. Right, because oh, they practice a couple songs. Yeah. They had, like, one other song that they were practicing that probably... They- come into play in the next episode yeah history is made at night is in the next episode okay mm-hmm. then yeah that's the one that she was kicked out of before she like yelled at the blonde yeah. on the list. i'm sure yep. we'll okay i want you your assignment is to work on that key yes <laughs> for real i know it's getting harder and harder now that we're being introduced to so many more people so many <laughs> new people <laughs> you know and then season two is like two shows running at the same time. Oh Lord. Okay. So it only gets worse. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. We're going to need, we're going to need some sort of like a diagram. Yeah. That's <laughs> true. Awesome. Well, Hey, mm-hmm. thank you for listening. You thank you awesome. friends. You're always yeah. when we get together. <laughs> you like, you can hear a pin drop when you guys are listening to us. It's good. <laughs> so we can get our thoughts out. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know it's a podcast and we record it before you listen. You guys, you silly pieces. <laughs> but you know, you can always comment on our Instagram at TGABWay. You can always comment on our Facebook. You can always email us at TGABWay at gmail.com. Oh, we haven't done that in a while. Yeah, sure haven't. That's true. Well, we yeah. need to get back into the old school stuff. <laughs> it's true. And the B-Way and the way that we tell each other our names. <laughs> oh lord Mike, we haven't done that since quarantine each other since quarantine I, it's been it's we need to write out a script for the intros and the outros <laughs> so that we're consistent. we used to have one we'll get there guys yeah <laughs> we we haven't been there. doing it long just three years <laughs> wow uh but thanks for keeping on listening <laughs> yeah thank you for listening thank you for coming on this ride of smash nbc with us follow along next week we'll talk about uh, ep- uh episode five episode five i hope yep. you guys are enjoying it as much as we are <laughs> it's really it's like we have a lot of social justice issues yeah. the thing i like to say is like it's fine but we have notes yeah <laughs> that's perfect
Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. Mm-hmm. Oh, Lordy. All right, guys. Reach out if you need us. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to our podcast, Theater Geeks Anonymous. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TGA B-Way. And on Facebook at Theater Geeks Anonymous. And if you want to tell us how much you love us, or you have a great story about one of the shows we've talked about, drop us a note at TGABWAY at gmail.com. Until, Until next time, time geeks. geeks. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.